the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Glad to have you with us. Friday edition. I love Fridays. I'm sure you do, too. Uh, I bet your Friday is going better than uh, Urban Meyer's Friday. Aaron, did you watch uh, Coach Meyer, the former Buckeye head coach, last night on the uh, NFL Thursday night game in Cincinnati? I did not. Do you know how it ended? I do. Last play field goal by the Bengals, who trailed by 14 points in that game. And Joe Burrow, the quarterback who Urban Meyer recruited to Ohio State, Led the Bengals back. They won the game on a late field goal. Urban is now 0-4. Did you see any video of Urban last night? No. What's his uh, temperament? Um, His temperament was fine. He wasn't ranting and raving. He looks like he's put on a little weight. If you're concerned for his health, and I think everybody you know, certainly would be concerned for his health, he doesn't look as healthy as he looked when he was not coaching at Ohio State when he was on TV. Now, that was a pretty good gig for him, I think, but he missed the competitiveness of coaching. I'm not rooting against him. I think a lot of people are rooting against him as if he's somehow, like, disloyal because he went back to coaching, but he's not coaching at Ohio State. I I actually don't think people would make the trade from Urban to Ryan Day, much as I don't think people would have made the trade from Urban back to Trestle if they could have made that trade. I think Ohio State came out of it just fine. And I hope things go well for Urban. He doesn't have a great football team. Uh, but the Bengals now are 3-1, and one, Aaron. How about that? Unforeseen. That's surprising. Very surprising. Especially after that game with all the interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> we had three, three on three passes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a recipe for success. But they have since uh, figured that one out. And uh, good for Joe Burrow. I'm happy for him. So last night it was like, Here's a twist of the knife for Urban. The kid who made the game-winning field goal came from the University of Florida. So it was like all of Urban's life came back to haunt him last night. He went to the University of Cincinnati. He gets 14 points ahead. The quarterback that he brought to Ohio State, who left Ohio State and won a national championship and a Heisman Trophy somewhere else, gets picked by the Bengals brings the Bengals back from a 14-point deficit, gets them into position for a game-winning field goal, and the last piece of Urban's career puzzle to kick him in the backside is a kicker from Florida. So just thought it was... I don't know if Urban sat around and reflected on all that last night. Probably not. He was probably on a golf cart eating Papa John's pizza like he was after the loss to Michigan State in the Big Ten title game his second year. But uh, yeah, so Urban lost last night. Jaguars lose. And your Bengals are 3-1. and one. We are the home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm remiss. I do not know who the Steelers play this week. But they better play better than they did against the Bengals or they're not going to win. Uh, speaking of not winning, uh, the Steelers play the Packers, so they're not winning. 
But speaking of not winning on Capitol Hill, uh, it looks like, and I hesitate to, you know, I don't want to take my victory lap before the race is over here. But I have said many times before that Democrats in power will always overplay their hand. I believe there's precedent for that. I believe, I mean, we look, what, eight months into this administration? It's an epic disaster. They misread the result of the election, which is odd because, you know, they sort of cooked the books to win the election. You think if they were going to do that, they would have figured out, okay, so after we cook the books and win the election, what are we going to do in power? Here's an idea. Let's ruin everything. Maybe that was their plan. If so, it's right on track. But we have this internal struggle among the Democrats, which is, again, a misreading of the situation. Joe Biden is elected president. Why? I've told you many times. Let's see if you're paying attention. He was the Democratic nominee because he wasn't Bernie Sanders, and he's the president because he wasn't Donald Trump. So now that he is the president, what does he decide to do? He decides to govern like Unfortunately, not Trump. He decides to govern like Bernie Sanders and embrace every single social spending wasteful program that he can. And the oddity of it is that Bernie Sanders, who the Democratic Party resoundingly rejected. Remember when Biden's campaign was dead in the water, right? And Bernie was surging. And then James Clyburn. Black congressman from North Carolina, James Clyburn, almost single-handedly decided that, no, we can't have Bernie Sanders run against Donald Trump or we'll lose. I will go into North Carolina and I will campaign for Joe Biden. And I will give Joe Biden a second life as a presidential candidate in 2020. And that's exactly what James Clyburn did. And Joe Biden would not be president if James Clyburn had not done that. Because it signaled the beginning of Biden's resurgence and the end of Bernie's takeover of the Democratic Party. We thought, but now Biden is in office and he's asleep, eating tapioca, drooling. And Bernie has fired up all the wackos, AOC, Ilhan Omar, Cori Bush, Rashida Tlaib, all of them. And there's more. There's like 30 of them, progressives in the House not aptly named progressives, progressing us toward implosion as a country. So remember a few weeks ago when Rob Portman, soon-to-be ex-senator from the state of Ohio, walked out onto the White House uh, driveway there with Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin and Mitt Romney and a couple other Republican turncoats, and they celebrated how they'd come to this grand deal on an infrastructure bill to rebuild roads, bridges, and highways. A trillion dollars for roads, bridges, and highways. Infrastructure. Yeah. Okay. And they passed that in the Senate. Portman voted for it. Romney voted for it. A couple other Republicans voted for it. Great bill. We need roads. We need highways. We need bridges. I wouldn't have given an inch to the Biden administration because it was clear Biden just split out from his hope for $5 trillion budget, the $1 trillion piece that some moderate Republicans liked. And he was like, well, we'll pass this 
And then he then he stepped in it shortly after that and said, "Well, no, I don't want the one trillion unless I can get the other three and a half trillion." Oh, whoops, whoops, I misspoke. Whoops, I said the quiet part out loud. And he backtracked from it, and idiots like Portman and Romney bought it, and they passed it stupidly. Well, now Bernie and his Bernie Bros, they want this three and a half trillion. And did you notice what they call it? It's no longer a social spending plan. It's no longer a, you know, it's human infrastructure. Human infrastructure, right? Because, hey, this is how they think. Hey, they're stupid enough over there in Rob Portman's office and Mitt Romney's office to vote for bridge infrastructure. Maybe if we call child care and family leave pay infrastructure, they'll vote for it. So in this $3.5 trillion Democratic laundry list of pie-in-the-sky wish list items is a bunch of money to a bunch of people who don't need it. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, Bruce, that's pretty cruel. The people in Linden, the people in the Hilltop, the people in Franklin, they're single moms. They need money for child care. Okay, let's say I stipulate you're right. Tell me why. Tell me why somebody who makes $100,000 needs to qualify for $13,000 in child care. Explain that. That's in this budget. In fact, one of the big boondoggles in this budget is that they make you eligible for child care payments based upon where you are according to the median income level in your state. Median means half the incomes are above, half the incomes are below. So let's take a state like California. Ha ha ha. Democratic bastion. All you have to do is go to the Democratic states, New York and California, apply the standards in a whole bill to New York and California because that's who they're trying to serve. Their constituents in New York and California. So in this bill, it would establish child care payments, lucrative ones, multiple thousands of dollars of child care payments, based upon double the median income in certain states. So two parents, two parents, in California, each making $200,000 a year, $400,000 combined family income would qualify for $21,000 in federal family leave cash and would qualify for more than $10,000 in child care. Now, uh, we've paid child care to have our kids in preschool when they were little. It is a drain on the budget. I had a job then that was able to provide for our needs in that in that way. I understand there are people who cannot do that, and I do not have an objection to them getting aid from me because it comes from me, it comes from you, it comes from other hardworking Americans. It doesn't come from the government. They just pass the baton of our tax dollars into the pockets of those who need it. It's our money. 
It's not Joe Biden's money. He doesn't have a store where he sells goods or manufactures items and makes a profit and gives the money to poor people. He makes money by taking our money, like all governments. But that's what the $3.5 trillion budget does. And there are all kinds of nefarious things in it where they budget. Remember they say it costs zero dollars. It costs zero dollars. What do they mean when they say it costs zero dollars? What they mean is it adds zero dollars, lie, to the national debt. Because Republicans say, wait a second, you want us to raise the debt ceiling so you can spend three and a half trillion dollars? No, not even Rob Portman's that dumb. So we're not doing that. So that's why the gov- that's why Biden and Pelosi have to lie and say, oh, it doesn't add anything to the debt. Oh, really? Interesting. Because all throughout this $3.5 trillion budget are programs that are established for, I mean, it says 10 years, but it, you and I both know it's for the rest of time because no government entitlement program ever goes away. So let's say it's for the duration of the budget. But the money to pay, it's only budgeted, it's only accounted for, for like the last half of the budget. So they don't count the cost of providing it now. They only count the cost of providing it for like the last two or three years of the budget. That's how they lie in this budget. The budget is full of lies. It is full of pork. It is full of nonsense. It will cause really even incalculable damage to our country. And Bernie Sanders is mad, and they may just cannibalize themselves and not approve the original million-dollar infrastructure bill because Bernie won't vote for it unless he gets everything he wants. So he's not only an old coot, he's like a petulant little baby. So apparently the uh, education secretary, Miguel Cardones, was in front of some legislative body and he's citing a study that justifies school mask mandates. And then the researcher who performed the study uh, reaches out to Miguel Cardona on social media and says that he's misrepresenting the results of her study. So that makes my blood boil when I see that kind of stuff because every day, I've told you this before, every day I'm driving my daughters to school and we pass these two adorable little girls waiting for the bus to go to their school. And they have their masks on outside. Now, I don't know. They may have a parent who's immunocompromised. Maybe one of them is. The larger point is, this gives me flashbacks, right? Like PTSD. To when I watched for a year, two adorable little girls in our church occasionally walk back up the aisle during the message with masks on when everybody had to have masks on. And I thought, what are we doing denying ourselves the pleasure of seeing these beautiful little girls' smiles and denying them the pleasure of seeing each other's smiles. And so, look, you can, in COVID, find anything to 
support your opinion or to denigrate the opposite opinion. You just can't. So this is probably, aside from the deaths, the greatest and weightiest result from COVID is that we no longer do, and I wonder if we ever will, believe the people that before we thought, why would a doctor ever lie to me? Why would a scientist ever lie to me? Now we know that the politics has been prioritized over the truth. And nothing can ever be prioritized over the truth. A story today, Cincinnati Enquirer, 14 Ohio public school districts switched to universal mask mandates in the classroom in the past week. Six districts removed their partial or universal mask requirements and made masks optional for all. What's the breakdown in Ohio? 250 of the 609 districts, less than half, uh, require masks for all students. So most students in Ohio are not masked, but a significant portion are. The dumbest uh, ones are that require them for elementary kids and don't require them for everybody. I know the vaccines out there, but I, I get the teachers' unions all about it. They got an issue in New York right now where the teachers are suing, trying to get to the Supreme Court because they don't want to take the vaccine, which they shouldn't have to take the vaccine. I saw a headline this morning that some California healthcare system. <laughs> is now requiring not just its employees to get the vaccine to continue working for the healthcare system. They're requiring the spouses of their healthcare system to get the vaccine, which, you know, I guess logically, if you're that wacko about COVID and you think that you can't work with people who aren't vaccinated, it would make sense that they're spouses be vaccinated because presumably they're going to spend all that time around their spouses. But it's just way, way, way overreach. State of Ohio says 56% of public school students are in a district with a universal mask mandate. You're asking me, Bruce, how does that math make sense? Where you say more districts are unmasked than are masked. Well, because look at Columbus, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. Probably Dayton, too. Maybe Toledo and Youngstown. All the big cities are masked. You got more people going to school in Columbus than you have going to Marion Local. You know? So that's why. And they're fighting this fight on the uh, local level at the school board level. School board members, it's just another reason why, and we're going to talk more about it in the next hour, about the importance of school board elections and what you're doing. And if you're just not aware of what school board candidates stand for, you got to become aware. Become aware. Uh, this is an unfortunate story, but noteworthy. A Notre Dame professor who routinely attacked unvaccinated people as selfish died shortly after receiving her third COVID vaccine shot. 67-year-old Karen, oh, this is unfortunate, Karen Croak Heisler, I'm not making that up, her middle, her maiden name is Croak, received her first Pfizer COVID shot on January the 23rd. She gloated about it on Twitter. Got my first dose of the vaccine. Never been happier to be old. Well, good for you. Got the second shot in April. Uh, then went in, and in September, on the 7th, she got her third shot. 
And then she uh, had a reaction and complained she couldn't get in the hospital. And she died two weeks later. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 